Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Cruise Radio. And a happy July 4th weekend, by the way. You can check out our revamped website at cruiseradio.net, also facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Kicking the show off is Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug, doing great yourself? Good, man. July 4th and weekend. happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. I never thought you'd say it. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Uh, Costa announces that the wreck, the Costa Concordia wreck, that is, will be finally cleared within a month. What's the details on this? Well, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, they're actually going to empty those sponsoons that have been attached to the side of Concordia off the coast of Gilio and uh, hopefully get that ship floated. And the big uh, controversy as of late has been, where are they going to send it to be uh, ripped apart? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, cooler heads have finally prevailed, and uh, it's been agreed upon that uh, it is going to be towed to Genoa, Italy, where uh, that that is where they're going to tear the ship apart. So when are they actually going to tow this ship from, uh, was it Giulio? Uh, Gilio, which is you know off the uh, the Tuscan coast, so uh, essentially it uh, should be floated in the next two weeks and then towed directly to Genoa, which you know could take uh, you know some time because uh, my understanding is they're only going to be able to move about two miles an hour. Yeah, okay. It's going to take some time to get there, and uh, and then the tear apart process is going to take a good amount of time as well. I found this interesting. Uh, MSC Cruises is basically giving away balcony cabins at $349 per week. Uh, what does this represent? Because are, are they not filling the ships? Well, Doug, the, the ship right now is in South America for a World Cup. Uh, it was chartered by a Mexican travel agency, which is, which is a nice idea, but it does return on August 2nd, and they're just not getting a lot of traction. So, I mean, we haven't seen... You know, I mean, they've actually got prices that started on another sale, Doug, that were $299. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen prices this low since, let's say, November of 2001, yeah. you know, after 9-11. Wow. Uh, but uh, they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get some traction. What it's actually doing, you know, $350 for a seven-day Caribbean cruise, I mean, it is impacting other cruise lines negatively, because you know, consumers, not that they know who MSC is, not that they care who MSC is, they just see seven-night Caribbean cruises from $349 in a balcony, and they're expecting the other cruise lines to match, which, <laughs> as you know, they're not doing it. Right. But you know, people are sitting, and there are people that are just waiting for the prices to drop. And as we've heard in earnings calls by NCL, Carnival, and Royal Caribbean, I mean, they are claiming they have been impacted by this drastically low pricing but it's not a, it's not an indicator of you know problems with the other cruise lines because the other cruise lines are filling the ships well it's just it's just this one line is having uh, a negative impact uh you know essentially in the caribbean <laughs> i can't believe that how, how cheap it is I mean, it's, it's ridiculous I mean, 350 dollars. i mean it's i mean call it a fire sale yeah yeah for sure i mean you know i understand you're trying to spur some interest but uh, I mean, that's just 
that's just too low. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this it is rather... also says, you know, what kind of a product is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it's it's pretty good, but, you know, for a consumer, I mean, that's like, you know, hey, you know, something's wrong with it. Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, a lot of cocaine found on Carnival Liberty <laughs> last week. What's up with this? Well, they had one guy who thought, uh, you know, no one's going to see the five kilos that I've got <laughs> uh, that he had strapped to himself. And, uh, you know, some of the uh, deceptive manner that he had with uh, laundry detergent trying to uh, spread through the bottom of a suitcase thinking, hey, no one's going to be able to tell. Mm. But uh, they did catch him. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, of course, hauled away to jail and he is being held with no bond. <laughs> Five kilos. That's like, a, what, 11 or 12 pounds, isn't it? Yeah, it Something is. Like that. Yeah. It, what, that's but, a lot of cocaine. Uh, I think what they're trying to figure out is which islands he got it in. Aruba, he was in Aruba, Carousel, Grand Turk, and uh, DR. So yeah, uh, well, my, my bet's on DR. What would you say? Well, he may have picked him, you know, picked up one in each. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, good for him though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. And uh, Holland America's departure of the Westerdam was delayed last weekend up in Seattle. What happened there? Well, uh, as she was leaving, there was a small fire in one of the boiler rooms. Uh, they did quickly extinguish it, but it did flare up, uh, of which they then extinguished it again. But just in the abundance of caution, they turned the ship back to Seattle, uh, remained there overnight. Next morning, they did receive uh, Coast Guard and Lloyd's of London uh, uh, certification that it was safe to go, and uh, and they left. But uh, at this point, we still don't know what the cause was, but uh, the good news was no one was injured and uh, the ship was deemed safe. Cruise parking in Galveston sets off a lawsuit. What's happening down there? Well, Galveston, you know, call it the Canaveral. Uh, the ports essentially are retaliating against uh, off site uh, parking vendors they're essentially you know creating these huge subsidies where you know they're trying to force people to park on site they're just creating these you know very unpleasant conditions for you know the, these off-site operators which you know they, they wind up could, they, they could very well wind up being sued by these off-site operators uh, for the the fees you know that some people may call them uh, extortion fees to uh, essentially, well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we can offer a product cheaper than you, yet you're turning around and, you know, hitting us with a, an exorbitant tax because, uh, you know, to make it to, to make the competition unfair. We saw this in but, Cape Canaveral, didn't we, a couple of years ago? It was last year. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it actually occurs frequently in these secondary ports where, you know, the on-site operators are trying to get more cash and claim and believe it's unfair that these offsite operators are able to offer these non let's call them non-government entities are able to offer their products and services at a less expensive cost than uh, the government. So, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have a uh, Houston tea party here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're uh, in Galveston um, because it's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, but, wow. Um, you know, the cruise lines, look, they all have, uh, you know, pieces of the action, uh, but they're staying uh, far away from this uh, firing range here. Our next story here, I mean, you were joking whenever all these river cruises were, were coming out over in Europe saying there was going to be a log jam, but it looks like they're jammed up. It's not a log jam, but uh, low water levels in Europe are making some river cruisers stuck. Am I reading this correctly? No, you, you are correct, and it's, it's happened uh, in, in many rivers, not just uh, Danube. I mean, they've had it in, in France where, uh, you know, let's say some of these uh, itineraries may be stuck in Bordeaux for a few days, hoping that the water levels rise. Unfortunately, Doug, it's just, you know, it, it's nothing new. Uh, it's not global warming. 
Um, it's not uh, an act of uh, aliens, but uh, it does it does happen that the waters rise, you know, uh, rise and fall, and unfortunately, sometimes itineraries are impacted. Very good. You can find him at cruiseguy.com. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. A happy July 4th weekend, and thank you, man. Uh, my pleasure, Doug. You too. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Wishing you a happy July 4th. So if you cruised before, uh, I'm sure you've ran into our next guest on Cruise Radio because uh, he's an onboard lecturer and he's been on a, a lot of cruise ships out there, especially as of late. Mickey Live joins us. Hey, Mickey, how's it going, man? Awesome to be here. Yeah. Very excited to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for taking some time. I know you just got back from a sailing a, a little bit ago, but uh, for the folks who don't know who Mickey Live is, uh, why don't you tell us? Oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> Mickey Live is a lot of things, but I guess what I really try to do on cruise ships is to kind of be the salt or the spice of your vacation. I really try to encourage people to go beyond Diamonds International, as I say. <laughs> so that means that we have to do a little education. We have to do a little fun, and I call that edutainment, and I mix that with technology, and guests seem to like it. So I just uh, keep doing what I do as ships sail around the world. Now, I, I first met you uh, almost a year ago, but uh, you, like over the past year, you've gone to some pretty cool places. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. But you know what? I do a lot of unique runs, so specialty runs. I just came back from Tokyo, going to Australia a couple times this year, doing some Bermuda stuff, do a little bit from Europe. So get to see a lot of unique places. And, of course, that's the beauty of cruising is that ships are often going to places that are sometimes a little bit more difficult to get to, like, you know, Bora Bora and Tahiti. Very hard to get there by plane, but you can go and see it by cruise ship and enjoy the journey along the way. Nice. Now, uh, we've done some research and some digging on you, Mickey. So uh, rumor has it that you (laughs) – yes, rumor has it you are setting a world record for basically crossing the international dateline by cruise ship. Is this this true? I don't know if it's an official world record. Okay. Uh, I would would have to say, though, that doing it three times by cruise ship in a single year, (laughs) actually probably in less than six months, is probably a world's record. Yeah, because cruise ships don't you normally, that's not a normal run for cruise ships. Is it going back and forth over the uh, international dateline? 
No, they usually go one direction or the other, and then it takes them a year to come back, or sometimes they don't come back for several years across the dateline. What makes crossing the dateline like so special by cruise ship? Well, I think that it's it's kind of an experience like crossing the equator. It's a monumental moment, but not only is it a monumental moment when you're going from you know, you're coming from Tokyo, for example, and going across to Vancouver. In that direction, you're also gaining a day. So it gives you the opportunity. If you didn't like the day that you had before the crossing the international dateline, you get to do it all over again. <laughs> so you get the same day twice, kind of like Groundhog Day. Yes. So let me ask you this, then. I'm just very curious because, like, you get your daily itinerary on the ship, and let's just say it says August 2nd. Well, the next day, which is normally August 3rd, well, let's say August 2nd again. It does say August 2nd again. Ah, interesting. In fact, I did a show going from Tokyo where I wore the exact same clothes and the exact same things, and I started the show the same way, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, is there any, uh, what is it like, you know, when you cross any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, that something you have to do when you cross the international dateline, like kiss something or lick something or eat something? No, but there definitely is a party. Okay, and, gotcha. Uh, there def definitely is an event, and also it's it's really a, a location that, that happens. There's nothing that marks that location and when you cross that, but it's celebrated similar to that of the New Year's event. You know, the ball dropping, the, the balloons, the party atmosphere, and it's a lot of fun. And then you go to sleep. And like I said, going from uh, west to east, you then get to do it all over again the same day all over again, which which is a unique experience for sure. Very cool. Now, when we first met, uh, you were doing this uh, this crazy like uh, GPS what was it called? GPS class? GPS tracking? Uh, team GPS. Team GPS. That's the word. Because we're meeting in different lounges. In fact, uh, we kind of outgrew a couple of lounges we were meeting in. But is that still part of your program? Yeah, it's a very, very big part of my program. And I find that it's interesting because when you're on a ship, you have lots of people from different backgrounds. And also, there are lots of entertainment things going on in the ship, you know, like the Harry Chess Contest. And that, that applies to a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have people that are a lot more techie and a little tech savvy and also like to have a little more education, kind of a nuts and bolts, shall we say. You know, yeah. I do a lot of talks, high level, you know, entertain. And then I do this GPS group that allows people to dig a little bit deeper. And obviously, there are things that you, you're sailing along you just don't know about unless you know about the location and where you're over. For example, in the Caribbean, I think it's fascinating that you have the Cayman Trench, which you sail across several times when you're throughout the Caribbean. And there's actually active volcanoes at the bottom of the Caribbean Trench. Wow. So uh, the Cayman Trench is a very, very active place in the Caribbean. And you wouldn't know that unless you kind of learned a little bit about the ocean floor. And I know that's a little geeky. And we can't put our feet in the water to test if, you know, it's warmed up a little bit as we cross over the trench or not. But it's one of those things that you can learn by just knowing exactly where you're at and having a little bit of that history, even though you're out in the middle of the ocean. Well, if you've done the Stingray excursion in Grand Cayman, I think you know that the uh, the trenches and the volcanoes do exist because the water is like bathtub warm over there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, were, you say you do a, like a deep dive into the GPS type thing. Are, are we talking like you're tracking, like you're connecting a GPS to the ship so people can see the exact? Uh, track you're doing 
Yes, I've done I've done this two ways. I've kind of expanded what I do. One is we create a track or we run a GPS on the ship as we're sailing, and that creates for us an active track. And then I give that out for free to everybody who's on the ship who wants to have a copy. It's a good keepsake. You're able to launch it in Google Earth, and you see the exact minute you left port. You see the exact minute that you're in certain locations, and it gives you a good visual of your trip. And then also I've added this new dimension with a new De DeLorme device that's out, which actually it gets the location, but it pushes that directly up to satellite. So we get one-way communication down as where we are, and then once we get that location, we push it up, and we share that with the guests so that they can post that, and people can look exactly where the ship is at any given moment when I'm sailing around. What about for those of us who aren't sailing? Can we track you? Like, are you linked up to the ship's network or any kind of satellites where we can go to a website and try to see where you are? Yes, you can. You can go to delorem.com. Actually, I take that back. It's sharedelorem.com forward slash Mickey Live. And there's always a link on my Facebook fan page, which is very easy on Facebook. It's just Mickey Live. So you'll be able to find me there. And also, you also do a unique thing called, uh, and I could be butcher, uh, butchering this, is it is it called Photoshop or Photo Rally? Snapshot, Snapshot Rally. Snapshot Rally. You did butcher it. Yes. Snapshot <laughs> Rally, yeah. Yeah, talk uh, to that, us about that. That's huge. Uh, that's, that's more huge than the GPS group, although I have, a, I have an infinity in my heart for the GPS group. But uh, Snapshot Rally is a crazy, crazy event which people go nuts on on the ship. And that is that we're sharing the experience through our photos. So each person is allowed to submit one photo per port, and then that goes into a show. It goes up on the big screen on the, over the pool, and then we put it to a disc. And if you've submitted enough photos, you get the disc for free, and people really get into it. In South America, last season, I had over 4,000 images submitted. Wow. And this is something so, that you don't have to have a professional camera to do. I mean, you could do it on a GoPro, an iPhone, or whatever. Am I correct with that? That's right. We get a lot of amazing pictures from a lot of different places. And I do a show about how to take better pictures. People get excited. They take better pictures. We see some really amazing shots. I kind of have to tell a story. I guess we were on a ship uh, in South America, and I gave the disc to the captain and his crew. And I was getting ready to get off the ship, and the captains came to me, and he said, I, did it. I looked at this disc. This is the most amazing thing. I have no idea how you get to all these different places in each port. It's really amazing. <laughs> you must have a driver that takes you out. How do you go get these images? And he had no idea that the guest had submitted the photos to the rally, and that's how we're able to see, even if you don't go to all the different hot spots at each of the ports, it gives you a perspective about where to go, what people saw, and it's a really awesome keepsake, and people get really excited about it. Well, and speaking of where to go, what to do, and all that good stuff, since you've cruised a lot, especially over the past year, uh, do you have any uh, any kind of travel tips for us? Um, my favorite travel tip, I think, is... I know that a lot of people like to plan ahead, but we, there's so many last-minute deals going on right now that sometimes it's better to just hold off, book your time, and then go with a last-minute deal. And I know it's a little bit harder to do for those of you like myself who like to plan, but it also adds a unique dimension to your vacation. If you're not quite sure, you know, you're leading into it, you know in three weeks you're going to go and then find yourself a good last-minute deal and then hop on a ship and go. You'll find it's a pretty exciting way to travel. Yeah, like I'm, I'm here in Florida, and uh, you're in uh, Arkansas, right? Yeah, I'm based in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, like I'm in Florida, so I can do last minute. Like a couple of weeks ago, there was a last-minute cruise on Carnival Liberty for $169 from Port Canaveral. And I booked it on a Thursday, and I was on the ship on Saturday. 
it's like just last minute is definitely the way to go, especially if you have the time and flexibility. The other thing I'd like to encourage your guests to do is when you're in a port, oftentimes we do get stuck in just every port is owned by one of the cruise lines. Now, a lot of guests don't know that when you walk off the ship and you're buying something in the port, you're really buying that directly from the cruise line. It does help the local economy, but I really encourage you uh, to take a few minutes, walk outside the port. I was in Roatan a couple of weeks ago. I spent $20. I hired a guy for two hours to take me out drove me around. I bought one of the beautiful mahogany boxes that you can buy mm-hmm. in Roatan. I paid about one third of what I pay, would have paid in the port just by doing a little cross shopping. And it was able to buy it from a local, someone who actually carved the box and have the experience, take a photo with the person. It really adds to the memory. As long as we just take a few minutes to just go beyond that port area and find ourselves somebody to take us out into the actual communities and it's that's the experience i think that's best when you're on a cruise ship yeah and to add on to what you were saying about that i was in aruba last week and the cruise line of course has their little magnets we'll use that for an example because the cruise line magnets for aruba like the i love aruba thing was like five dollars but you walk to a little craft market just down a block and across the street and you got three magnets for five dollars if you you know if magnets are your thing so i definitely agree with you know venture outside of the cruise environment Yes, and we have we have that tendency, I think. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit of the unknown, and that's why I like to educate people on the ship. If Obviously, I'm not on every ship, and you're going to go out. Just do a little research. Go to some of your favorite travel sites. Go to Travelocity. Go, go to TripAdvisor, and just see where people are talking about. And then, you know, if you're a foodie, find that restaurant that people are excited about. When you're in port, make that trip over there. Have an amazing meal come back to the ship, and that will really enhance your vacation. Very good. Well, over the past year, I met you in uh, Barcelona, and then you were you know, back to New Orleans. You did New Orleans, Port Canaveral, then you did uh, Canaveral over to, didn't you fly to like Singapore or something like that? I, I went to Tokyo. Tokyo. I flew, flew to Tokyo and picked up a ship. I, uh, I've been a couple runs to up in Alaska area. So it has been a very, very busy, busy year. Where are you cruising this winter? You have to go <laughs> below the equator. Okay. This this winter, this last winter, I had five days of official winter. That means <laughs> that I had winter for five days, and then I flew across the equator to South America where it is summer. And if you haven't been to South America in the, in the winter time, I do say that it's worth the trip. I'll be in South America this season, also be back down in Antarctica area. And if you haven't been, it's one of those places, I call it the Wild West of cruising, meaning that a lot of ports are really defined. And in South America, it's not so defined. It adds to that adventure. You get to do some amazing things that you normally couldn't do in other places. And it really is a, a trip of a lifetime to be able to cruise around South America. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been everywhere, man. Uh, do you even have a bucket list? I do, I do, I do, I do. But uh, I get this thing. It's this crazy thing that always gets in the way, and it's called time. Mm-hmm. I have my 2015 season in front of me, and I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at trying to do some new new places. Of course, coming up this season, I'll be hopping on a ship to Australia in August, and we'll go from L.A. to Australia on the Carnival Legend. I'll fly back from Australia to get on another ship in Hawaii and do almost the exact same run approximately two weeks later. Those types of opportunities as far as going to Fiji and Bora Bora and New Zealand and Australia are really spectacular runs. You can't really can't pass those up as far as putting those on the bucket list. Where could people find out what ship you'll be on? Is it your Facebook page? 
Yes, fan me at Facebook, Mickey Live. We've been talking with onboard lecturer Mickey Live. Mickey, my friend, thanks for being on the show and uh, safe travels. Have a fun trip over to uh, Australia. It always is, and I look forward to seeing your listeners on a ship sometime in the near, near future. All righty, that'll do it for this week's episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to find out some links and where you can find Mickey Live, just check out the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Also, uh, look us up on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.